Welcome to this Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast. This podcast was developed by and for Amazon sellers to give you the latest strategies that are working right now to grow your Amazon business, as well as how to plan for your future growth and lifestyle. So if you're currently selling on Amazon or looking to get started in selling private label products on Amazon, then this is the right place to be to learn more about the ins and outs of the processes and strategies it takes to get ahead and make a long-term sustainable business. Let's jump into today's topic. So hi guys, in this episode, we're going to be speaking with a friend and also a colleague of ours, Rebecca Scanlon, who is the founder of The Conversion Cure, which helps Amazon sellers write and design great product listings to increase their conversion and maximize the traffic that comes to the listing. So hi, Rebecca, welcome to the podcast. Hi guys, thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's awesome on this lovely Monday. Well, for me, it's raining at the moment, but how are you doing in uh, LA with the uh, current lockdown situation? Well, we're adjusting. I have an 11 and 12 year old and they officially started online learning today. Nice. Yeah. So we're getting a bit of structure finally around here after almost three weeks of no structure. Right. (laughs) As opposed to the YouTube videos that they normally watch, which is like, you know, Minecraft watching people play that game or something like that. Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you can, you know, legitimately put them in front of a screen and hope that they're actually going to do some work. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it looks like he's doing work, but they have headphones on. So who honestly knows? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, before we jump in and get into all the awesome strategies that you've got in terms of being able to actually have significant conversion on your listings, I'd love to start by understanding a little bit more about your journey, uh, how you actually ended up number one selling on Amazon, and then also how you actually ended up creating the conversion cure as well. Okay. Wow. That's okay. It's been quite a journey. So, uh, I started on Amazon back in 2015 when, uh, it was still relatively new and I, I had moved from, from New York city to California and I needed to find a way to contribute to our family bills. And our children were just five and six at the time. So I really wanted a job that was going to give me flexibility as a mom. So I saw this opportunity come along to create a business on Amazon. And I thought that checks a lot of boxes for me. So I created a brand and I got a product sourced from China, got it to Amazon. And I just was doing not very well. I was selling maybe one or two units a day. And I just had no idea how to fix it, honestly. And no one was coaching on how to do Amazon at the time. A lot of people had training programs, but not really taking you by the hand after or during the training and showing you what you needed to do and and how to actually create a business around this opportunity. And that is what led me to you and Isaac because you guys, I think it was 2016 maybe, Mm -hmm. were hosting live workshops, in-person workshops for Amazon sellers to come and work on their business with you for three days. And I just knew I had seen you, Kirsty, uh, for Amazing Selling Machine. You had done some, uh, you'd spoken at their live event and you were having a lot of success. 
And you basically, you had what I wanted, right? That's how we, that's usually how we find our coaches and mentors is they have something that we want for ourselves. So it could have been better. I was going to get to go spend three days with you. I met Isaac uh, and I was going to learn how to make my business better. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. I went to Las Vegas. I met Isaac. I met you. You did exactly as promised. We had a live workshop where we had training in the morning and then we would actually physically work on our laptops there and you would come around and help us work on whatever we were struggling with. And one of the training sessions that Isaac led was on listings and optimizing your listing, right? So if you're not getting sales, let's look at your listing and get the clues on why you might not be making sales. And he asked for volunteers. And so I raised my hand and uh, I went up to the front of the room and we put my listing. It was a set of plastic measuring cups up on the screen. (laughs) And we started to go through the listing. First of all, we started with, you know, who was I selling it to and what was my brand and, and who was my customer? And then we went down through the title to the bullet points. And it was probably one of the, biggest eye-opening moments for me as far as the disconnect on throwing products up on Amazon and hoping they sell to actually having meaning behind the products and knowing who you're selling to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it turned things around for me. I, you know, I, I ended up, you guys were offering coaching after the live event and I signed up and that I, I stayed with your coaching for, I don't know how long, what was it? A year? Like two a year years? I never left. Yeah. <laughs> 18 months, probably. I mean, I never left. I did every coaching program, spread to profit. I did private coaching with you guys and that I have a graph from Amazon. It was like April. My business was like this. I started coaching with you and I kid you not, the graph went like that. And I became a six figure a month seller. So, and then soon after that, you guys asked me to join the real coaching team and become a coach. So that's basically brought us up to, I think, uh, the end of 2019. And the interesting thing is that you mentioned there that the workshop, you obviously got critiqued because you were, you were brave enough to put your hand up and you, you know, got the critique of Isaac Coleman, which, you know, (laughs) It's kind of like it's left many people. Yeah, I call it skewering, really. It's <laughs> skewered. But it's the fast way to understanding what's wrong, right? So I think it's interesting the story, the journey that you took was that you've gone from being vulnerable, getting out there, taking the skewering, to being, you know, a coach for us. And one of the, the key elements that you coach on for real coaching is exactly this. So you went from kind of, you know, not actually knowing exactly what to do to now being one of the core experts in the industry, I believe, in in terms of being able to get to the, the crux of the matter around exactly how you should position the listing for the customer so that the customer has does, can't do anything but literally buy the thing, right? So to me, anybody listening and you're like, I'm really struggling with this thing, I'm never going to get this thing. Rebecca has just proven by doing that journey that if you just put your hand up, get some help, embrace it, you could actually become an expert in this area, which is awesome. Yeah. And I mean, she, you've helped probably, I don't know, hundreds of people in our, in our coaching groups with this exact same issue, right? What's wrong with my listing? It's not converting. 
well, look at it. Who are you talking about? You're talking about yourself. You're not talking about, you know, what's the benefits of the customer and all that stuff. So a quick study for sure. And then you turned it around and was able to immediately teach it, which was good because most people, they can kind of absorb a concept for a short period of time, but then it kind of fades away. But you actually took it and ingrained it. And I think the idea that with your plastic measuring cups, you were going for like a uh, sex in the city type of crowd, the, the lady that doesn't want to cook that, that she'll order cocktails and, and takeout or whatever. And you were trying to get them to cook. That's when it kind of was like, oh yeah, I'm trying to put a brand on a product, not put products into a brand for an ideal client who's already existing that already wants these things. So it was kind of like a square peg in a round hole. And now you see that pretty clearly and right away for you know people who are doing it as well. So I think that's probably your key superpower, if you will, is identifying what the practical uses and behaviors of people buying that product are and how to turn it into good copywriting onto a product listing. 100%. I mean, it, it's like a religion for me now, yeah. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember that day. It was hilarious because I remember you really going into this ideal client and, and I'm going, yeah, she sounds awesome because I'm thinking, yeah, that's me, right? <laughs> At the time, how things change. I want the measuring cups now. But yeah, but when you when you said it was uh, the measuring cups, I was like, "What? I don't even cook. Like, why? <laughs> I need that." I know, I know. I thought I was so slick, right? Because I had this cool name, Shake Me, Stir Me, and it was Sex in the City. It was the Miranda measuring cups. I mean, I thought I had like that was all you needed to do. And no, you, if you you can be as cool and slick and chic, but if you're not connecting to the emotions of the person that's searching for that product and the problems they have, it's a complete miss. Yeah. So just touching on that then, you, you know, you're talking a lot about connecting with the ideal client because a lot of Amazon sellers really expect that traffic's going to do the thing, right? So we, you know, we speak to a lot of people, how do I get Facebook traffic? How do I get YouTube traffic? How do I get Google traffic, Google AdWords and all this other stuff? So can you explain why just focusing on traffic could actually potentially be dangerous for them? Sure. Well, if you're sending a lot of traffic that isn't going to convert into sales, then especially, particularly on Amazon, you are going to be penalized for that. If you, if you keep sending traffic and you're not making sales for Amazon, they're going to take your listing from up here and they're going to drop it. Your ranking is going to drop. Yeah. You're, you're specifically re, re, uh, referring to keyword ranking on search terms. So they'll start to drop you because your conversion rate's dropping, essentially. Absolutely. So if your keyword is measuring cups and your listing isn't solving the problem for that customer searching for measuring cups and you're sending a ton of traffic to it, then your ranking for that keyword, that main keyword is going to drop. Yeah, and I think a lot of people always complain about PPC as well. And how do you see it as like, well, if I just turn up PPC and, and raise my budgets and bids, I can just increase traffic that way, right? And get more sales. Uh, well, you're not going to necessarily get more sales. You might spend more money yeah. <laughs> increasing your traffic. But if it's not, if it's, first of all, if it's not the right traffic and then if the listing isn't the correct listing for the traffic, it all has to go together. Yeah, yeah, of course. So would you say that before you even drive any traffic, you want to be focused first on the listing? Because as you just said, otherwise you could end up kind of tanking it or not converting and actually spending more money on something that is actually not, wasn't the right thing that you should have done in the first place. Yeah, 100%. Because 
So once your product has left the manufacturer and it's on its way to Amazon, and even actually before that, during the product research phase, you really should be having an understanding of who your customer is just from looking at the reviews from your competition. But for sure, you want to make sure that that listing is is absolutely as good as you can get it. So the title, the emotional benefit-led bullet points in the order of the importance to the customer. And the images should be a direct reflection and tell the story of those emotional benefits before you even launch that product. Because you know, you're spending all that money again just to launch that product and get it ranked and then if you can keep, if you've already got that listing that's going to convert the customers that land on that listing, then you're going to be able to maintain that rank. And that means that, you know, doing that launch isn't going to go to waste either. And that actually segues perfectly into my question, which was basically, what would you consider the main two or three things that would be most important to Amazon sellers that they actually need to grasp when they're writing these listings to convert, to get the best conversion to sales as possible. And you kind of mentioned it, you started talking about um, the title being relevant, the benefit-led bullet points. Um, you said that the images also kind of match up with the benefits. So kind of explain what your, uh, kind of explain what the process is for you as well. I mean, when I, you mean the process when I'm actually putting together a listing? Yeah. So like, how do you think about a title? How do you think about bullet points? How do you think about images and all that stuff? Well, you have to approach it from, it's like a two-pronged approach, right? Because you obviously want to have your main keywords in your title and your relevant keywords. So, And just to clarify, that's so that Amazon can relate you to the consumer search properly, right? Right. So putting, putting the keyword research part aside, and let's just focus on the emotional connection with the customer side. So for sure, the title should have should have your main keywords it should be relevant to your product and what amazon deems relevant for your product and then it should also make sense it should read like english because i think sometimes we forget that it's human beings and people on the other side of the screen so i always like to when i'm starting listening i i sit down and i think okay this person is sitting down at their computer and they're typing in this product. Why? Because it's a real person with real problems. So I start there and then I start to think about, okay, so who, who is the user of this product, right? That's the other thing that we often sometimes get confused about. And um, I love the story, Isaac, you use it as an example all the time about the cereal commercials on Saturday mornings, because, you know, these sugar bomb cereals, they have these commercials and the parent is buying the product, but who's using or who's benefiting from the sugar bomb cereal? And that would be the kids. Mm -hmm. So you need to know who your product is serving, who's using it, and then start developing the, uh, the benefits of the product, like the five most important benefits from mm -hmm. there. And then obviously what you were referring to with the images, the, uh, the images kind of match up. So like, they're like, if this is your top benefit for that product, this image is going to match it and show exactly how that is being, you know, uh, in, in a lifestyle photo, how it's being implemented in real life. Yeah. Because some people, you know, learn, uh, visually and connect to things visually. And some people connect to the, the written word. So, 
you should have both. One should mirror the other. Yeah. And not a lot of people like to read when they're shopping either. That's why they call it window shopping, right? They don't call it book shopping. Yeah, for sure. And then think of it on mobile too, right? It's yeah. much easier if you can just scroll through the images and see the benefit in an overlay right there. Yeah. Because yeah. visually you want to identify as a customer it, to, me, to, to that thing. And I remember us talking and you, and you kind of saying, you know, it needs to look like a, almost like a magazine ad, right? So if I was flicking through a magazine, I would easily know what that thing was all about without even having to read anything as well. Mm-hmm. So like you say, really catering for the people that want to read and then p- catering for the people that visually just want a quick glance at it and go, yeah, that, that totally connects with who I am. And uh, therefore that, that feels like it's the right thing for me. So in terms of, so as a new Amazon seller, writing their listing or writing a new product listing, what would you say is the first thing that that seller needs to understand about their own listings? And how whether they even know if they've got good conversion or not? Because I know that, you know, when you first start out, you'll do your first product, you're writing your listing, uh, you're thinking about actually bringing the product in and launching the product. You're not actually thinking about that process that you actually went through there. And most of us don't even go back and relook at the listing at all, right? So we kind of then jump onto the next thing. It's PPC, it's traffic, et cetera. So number one, how would you even know if you've got, you know, great conversion? And what's the first thing that people can do to double check that? And then what can they do next? Like, well, where would they go next? Okay. Well, one of the things that we teach about in our coaching program is that you should be checking your metrics daily because you should know how many, what your sessions are in Amazon, which means how many people are actually coming to your listing and then how many people are buying that product that come to your listing. And that's what's called, that's your conversion rate, right? And some people out there are happy with, you know, anything over a 10% conversion rate or 15, they think is fantastic. Honestly, I really like to see like a 20% conversion rate minimum. And I know that our students are seeing 20% conversion rates. So what's good I would say 15% and above would be solid. But if you're at 15%, there's probably room in your listing that can, things that can be tweaked to get you to that 20% and above. And how often would you recommend people check that, go back, revisit once you've launched a product? Well, you should be looking at your metrics really on a daily basis or minimum, like every you know, Sunday or something just to see what's happening so that you can take care of things in your business before things go bad. And then you should be, so if your conversion is holding, you should still look, right? Because so for example, if your product is relevant for maybe uh, a new year's or a particular holiday, or, you know, the fact that it's 2020, you should probably tweak your listing to, you know, even reflect more what people are actually searching for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's interesting because probably a lot of people don't even think about that either, unless they feel that it's a giftable item. Whereas most things at Christmas, unless it's probably like toilet paper, although now maybe could be a giftable item. Yep. <laughs> but generally, everything's up for grabs right at Christmas. It doesn't necessarily have to be in your head that it's that it's a gift. Yeah, I mean, technically, every product is a gift, really. So that's. And I would say if that's one of your benefits, that's probably not one of the main five benefits for your product <laughs> yeah. or, or a warranty. 
the fact that that also, that really shouldn't be one of your top five benefits either. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a good point because a lot of people think like, oh, well, as a seller, all I'm thinking about is why won't they buy, right? But in, in reality, like you said before, it's more about why are they trying to use the product, not why are they trying to buy it? When you pitch them on the sale of the product, that's when they realize that maybe they'll go somewhere else and look around because you are looking at them as a, a dollar grab instead of like, you know, an actual human being. Right. How can I really help you? Yeah. I was going to say the, uh, you know, Kirstie was mentioning as, as, as a product's launch, you know, maybe there's time to optimize, you know, obviously if you're checking your metrics, you know, and we've had people do this, this is kind of a, a habit that, that new sellers like to do. Oh, my conversion rate's only at 13 or 14%. And then they go in and tweak it. And then they wait two, three days and they tweak it again. And then they tweak it again <laughs> and they tweak it again. So kind of, do you have any guidelines around like how often this process happens and how often you should maybe optimize and maybe, you know, do you start with one thing or just do the whole thing and revamp it? Or what would, what would be kind of your guidelines around that? Yeah, always start with one. So if you're going to change your title, change your title and then give it a week. Sit on your hands, give it a week and see what the results are. For the bullets, you could probably change more than one at a time. But again, uh, you know, you want to isolate. So just do bullets and see what happens or just do two bullets and see what happens. And again, give it a week. Images, same, especially your main image, which is tied to your sessions, like getting traffic, going back to traffic is tied to your main image. Usually, if you're going to change it, give it a full week and see what happens with your sessions and your conversion rates. Yeah. So that's good advice, because obviously people like to overanalyze and then they like to overreact and, and, and make changes all the time. It happens even with PPC a lot. So if, if, if the if if you think it's going to work automatically, and, and I've, I know because I've actually, you, you'll probably experience this the more people you work with, but I've actually had people where they paid me to write their listing for them. I said, okay, I'll write your listing. They put it up on their on their product listing. And like 10 hours later, they took it down because they said it didn't do anything to increase their sales. And I was like, well, it's 10 a.m. right now. You put it up last night at midnight and you expected a, a jump in sales between midnight and 10 a.m. today. And so they took it down. I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Like you haven't waited long enough. Yeah, not even close. So I think a good seven days is a, is a good amount of time to see, you know, yeah. what the effects are. Yeah. And so we talk a lot about this in a lot of our, in like our coaching groups and everything, but basically what do you kind of find are like the most important factors when you're talking about the ideal client? Cause we talked about this already a little bit, but you know, people always talk about these avatars, you know, find their favorite magazines, their income level, what car they drive, how many kids they have, well, how big is their house and all stuff. Is that kind of how you look and approach an ideal client or what's the way that you look and approach an ideal client? What's the most important factors? I think that's way overcomplicated, honestly, for for most business models, but especially for Amazon, it's really about when I think about an ideal client, it's about a shared set of values and beliefs that they hold. And that's really what the ideal client for me that it boils down to. What are their problems? What do they believe about their problems? What do they value most that would kind of be that would kind of be the main the main characteristics for me of an ideal client. Yeah, and and as far as like a brand goes, obviously it's kind of a, a revolves around the interest of the product line in general, right? So like you got your brand, but then you also have product specific as well. Correct, correct. Yeah, so it'd be niche 
kind of niche specific. But once you know who your ideal client is, like once you're dialed in on what their problems are and what their values are, there's a, a lot of products and a lot of different niches that can solve problems for that same ideal client. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome because certainly when we, you know, we do this process or you do this process with people, they can feel very like narrowed in, right? They're like, well, if I just talk to that, then I can only sell these things. But that's a really good point because essentially you're talking to um, a belief system as opposed to, you know, Mary, who is, you know, between 45 and 50 years old and likes to ride her bike to work every day or something like that, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like, like use fitness, for example, right? You, you have people where they believe, again, like exercise for them is a religion and they're not going to miss one day of exercise and that's their priority, you know, comes before getting like maybe, I don't know, regular things like taking care of anything else. Like if they don't get to the gym, they're just messed up for the whole day. But then you have someone who values maybe more other things besides just getting to the gym on a daily basis. They have a different set of values and a different set of beliefs. So, but that doesn't mean that the same product couldn't necessarily be for the person that's like loves going to the gym versus the more casual end user. It just mm -hmm. depends on, on how you create the listing and write to that ideal client, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you were just talking there, I was thinking about myself. I'm definitely that person that if I don't do something now, right now I'm stuck in the house. Right. But so I've had to adapt, but generally I would get up, I would go to the gym and come back. But the reason I do that is not necessarily just because I want to go to the gym. The reason I do that is because I need an anchor point in my day and it sets everything else up. So what other things in my life are like that, that helps me attain the lifestyle that I need, right? So it could be th even th like what I eat. Do I, do I like to be outdoors? You know, how, how else do I get that buzz, if you like, as well as the gym stuff itself? What other things in my life is, is going to be attributed to that as well? And that's how you can really start to broaden out stuff. So thinking, so speaking of that and, and kind of going down that journey, do you have any insights as to how people can actually start to discover who their ideal client is versus just like Mary, you know, 45 to 50? Usually actually what people say is, isn't it, like women, 18 to 60, which is a very broad spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> so how can people, if they're sitting at home right now or they're listening in the car, whatever, mm -hmm. is something that they can, there, have you got any tips that they can do to help them really narrow in on who their ideal client is from that belief system perspective? Yeah. Uh, well, I like to keep things as easy as possible. So I'd say start first with you and your passions and your interests and what you believe in. Um, I do find it is a easier hurdle when you are the ideal client yourself because you have, you know, you intimately know you know, what drives you and what's important to you and what problems you're facing. So I would start there. Think about what your passions are, what your interests are. Yeah, that would be kind of my, that would be my main tip. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't really do that to start, right? So they like go out, they get a product, they don't know much about it. They just see that it's got good sales numbers and it doesn't have a product line in general. Like what kind of advice might you give them to kind of try to spin that to their benefit or try to get the most out of that before they can, you know, go off and create their own brand around something they're actually interested in? You mean where, you, where people try to retrofit a product into a brand? 
Well, just in general, there's going to be a lot of people listening who haven't built a brand or even chosen a product based on anything that they care about. So how do they actually get the most out of the conversion for that listen, maybe? Oh, for the listen that they currently have? Yeah. Uh, well, again, I think you need to think about what problem does it solve and who is using that product? Start from that. Uh, I also, I would take a look at the reviews of people that are currently doing well and selling lots of that product because you can find what are actual customers who are using this product, what are they saying in their own words, and that can give you clues to the values and beliefs that that customer might have. As also the questions and answers section, I find is a goldmine. What are people wondering about, about the product? What are they concerned about? What do they want to know? Yeah, I think that's like a pro tip right there because it's basically like there's a survey right on Amazon and the consumers are actually taking their own question and answer survey. So they're asking a question, you're answering it or somebody's answering it and you're getting great insight into what the customer is actually thinking when they're coming onto that page to make a purchase, right? So if you can actually answer those questions before they ask them, then they don't even have to ask them and they're just going to buy, right? So if they take that extra two minutes to write a question, hit submit, and now they're waiting for an answer, do you think they're really going to buy very quickly after that? Right. Yeah. And then you just, you flip that, those questions into the benefit, Mm -hmm. right? So if they're wondering, you know, you know, does this fit the trunk of my car or the trunk of a certain size, let's just say that, then you would say, uh, fits perfectly, you know, trunks of car, you answer that, whatever the answer is, you flip it into a benefit because you know, that's on the top of the customer's mind, probably when they go and search for that product on Amazon. Yeah. So fits all standard SUVs or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, that's a, that's a great tip. I think a lot of people just don't really understand how to use their competitors listings. What's already out there for, they, they just don't understand that this is such valuable research that's already just been given to them. All they have to do is look around for it. Yeah. So that's what I was just going to ask. So I think maybe someone sat at home. It's great. They're getting some information, but how would they, what's, what's the exact process that you would do, right? So I think we talk a lot about benefits, but maybe people don't even understand what a benefit is because I know that sometimes we have to talk a lot, give a lot of examples about what that is. So could you maybe think of an example where you turn like a feature of a product into exactly what that problem, that feature is actually solving for a person? Because I think that's probably where the difference comes in, right? People will have a product, they'll say all the features around it in terms of the thing and how it works versus what's the problem that that feature is actually making, what's it solving? Yeah, so yeah, exactly. So think about what what is this solving? And uh, another exercise that we like to use that can kind of free things up is it's great exercise to actually either do it with another person and have them ask you, you know, what does this potholder solve? If like, let's just say a potholder is the product. And you say, oh, well, you know, you're able to touch hot stuff. Okay, well, why does that help me? Well, because um, when you are cooking and you need to, you know, grab the hot pot off the stove, you can grab it and you're not going to burn your hand or whatever. So you look at like, okay, so this is a pot holder, but what are the problems it's solving or what is the problems that the product is solving? And then you can have that person ask you back and forth. So that's a great way and record it on your phone. That's a great way to sometimes get to the benefits. 
And then I, I'm like getting lost here on what you asked me. <laughs> well, I just wanted to point out that right there that you actually, so people think that they, they, they usually write, but they think that they write benefits in their copy, right? Hmm. And they look at it and it goes like, oh, it's, it's small and lightweight, compact or whatever. It's right. like what's the actual benefit of that. So like in the, the, the classic case that you just used, don't burn your hands. It seems obvious, but people don't actually write those obvious benefits into a listing because they just think, oh, well, customers should know that. No, customers want to know that you know that and that you know that they know that and that you they know that you're trying to help them. Yeah, yeah and that, uh, that makes me think of something that I've noticed a lot lately, having now done lots and lots of listings, is the more obvious, actually, the better. And we tend to, I don't know if we think it needs to be fancier or more complicated, or again, we think that the customer already knows the benefit, Usually the most obvious benefit is, is the best thing that you can do. So like, yeah, keeps you from burning your hands. You can pick up hot stuff without burning your hands. It's an obvious benefit, but I think customers truly love that. They would love to know immediately, you know, how is this going to make my life better? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think one of the best ones I ever saw as well was like, uh, you know, one of those garlic, it's like a stainless steel thing garlic press yeah. or something yeah not a garlic press it's it's to help actually get rid of the smell oh uh, yeah and I, I was just looking at it i didn't even know what it was right i was just looking at it and then it was like you know don't have smelly fingers for days and i was like oh that's what it does <laughs> you know it's just like this weird object and then i was like oh that's cool that's pretty cool so yeah just and, and that's kind of like the the total benefit right it's like yeah it's not because it's small or because it fits in your drawer or it's made of stainless steel it that's exactly what it does is it it, it makes sure that you don't have smelly garlic fingers basically for five Unfortunately, days. i don't think you can use it on your tongue to get rid of your bad breath though no no just skin only <laughs> <laughs> right so right so what you would do is that would be the benefit you know you won't have smelly fingers for days and then what is the feature about that product that makes that benefit true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I think a lot of people don't want to back it up with something. They're just like, I, I see this a lot of, and I call them like disjointed um, bullet points. Right. So they'll say the benefit and then they'll back it up with like a, a one-year warranty. And I'm like, well, what does it have to do with not having smelly fingers or whatever? Like, why don't you explain how your product works instead? And that's where people just don't get it. It's, it's actually a flowing sentence right after that. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I mean, that's pretty, pretty clear to me. I don't know. Hopefully that's helpful for the people that are listening that it's benefit and then feature that explains the benefit. That's pretty much it right there. That's how you write great copy. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, but for people, sometimes it sounds so simple that it's almost not done properly. Right. <laughs> so I think by just getting that right, I mean, how many, how many people have you helped now, um, Rebecca, and being able to see the difference between when you've actually worked with them, coached them, rewritten their listings to where, how's it really impacted their business? Well, they make more sales, which makes them more money. So it, it impacts their business, I think, in a very positive way. And, and especially now I've been thinking because, you know, going through this um, quarantine process, right? We, a lot of us can't send in new products or other inventory. So you really need to maximize right now the current products you have. I mean, we always should be doing that, but now more than ever, you should be squeezing like every last customer out of that 
that product listing. Yeah, and I just have a quick question about whether or not this actually helps your reviews. What? Like writing good copy for a customer to actually understand what your product does and and when they buy it, does that make the, the reviews better for the product? 100% because you're actually what they're receiving is exactly what they're expecting to receive. Yeah. I mean, I think we've seen it a lot of times where like, if you put a little humor in the, in the, the, the listing as well, especially like maybe in a product description or something, you put, tell a little story in the product description to kind of really drive home the point of the, the product and all that stuff. Then you start getting really good reviews back, lengthy reviews, even humorous reviews from people. I've had some crazy ones in there that like people are talking about how they use my product and they feel like Thor and stuff. And I'm like, all right, getting a little overboard, but that's fun that you put that into a review for me. Thank you. But it's like, you know why? Because they're trying to connect with you now. Yeah. They feel like, like they, there's someone that you understand them. And yeah. that's the whole thing, right? When you run, you write a, a listing that connects with people, they're like, Oh, you, you get me. Yeah. And I think that's probably more than anything. Everybody only cares in reality, when they're buying products about what they're doing, right? How does it affect them and how do they feel? Totally. Yeah. We're like, oh my God, I just spent all this money on this product. I'm going to launch it. And you forget like the whole, um, the magic to it is actually just really helping people, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a great point that you made earlier as well, Rebecca, about the fact that right now, anybody listening to this right now, probably in lockdown somewhere in the world, right? So what can you do to help your business grow? Definitely focusing on your listings. So tell us more about the conversion cure and where people can reach you if they need any more help around this stuff um, and need your guidance and expertise as well. Yeah, so the conversion cure came about because I obviously, like I said, this is like a religion for me. I truly love sourcing out who the ideal client is and and how they're going to benefit from your product. So you can go to my landing page, which will explain everything more in depth, exactly what you get working with me. And that is the conversioncure.com. But we'll, post a a link. Nutshell, we'll post a link below as well. So. Awesome. Yep. But in a nutshell, I'm basically going to do all the <laughs> heavy lifting for you and deliver a, a kick butt listing on a silver platter. So I'm going to do all that research on the keywords. What are the main keywords using brand analytics and some other tools that I have. And then um, I'm going to have a conversation. Obviously we're going to know who is the ideal client, who are we talking to and who is the user, the benefit of using the product. And then I'm going to do my research, which is a lot of that is, is what I've told you that there's nothing that I do that anyone else can't do, which is, and it just takes time go through those competitor reviews, really get to understand the language that your customer is using and what's important to them. The questions and answer section, I really see people not utilizing that. And like Isaac said, they've basically done a survey for you on what's important to them about the product and what questions they have. So I do all that research and then I pull it together and I know what the top five five benefits are put them in the order with the features. And then I do um, images to match that reflect the benefits. I also give advice on your main image and suggestions for how it can stand out on page one against your competitors' main images so that you actually get people to click on your listing in the first place. And then finally, I I give you the um, product description in HTML format. Sometimes people don't know how to to have that so it looks nicely bulleted 
in your product description as well. So that's it kind of in a nutshell, and I'm certainly happen, happy to answer any questions as well. Fantastic. Fabulous. Yeah, and so, you know, we really appreciate you coming on, and thank you for sharing your insights about how to write great copy and, and get a killer Amazon listing that converts and gets some more sales. So thank you for joining us, Rebecca, today. Thank you. I know you. it's been a busy day for you today, especially. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So I appreciate uh, you guys waiting for me to jump on. No problem. <laughs> And if you guys, if you're listening and you like what you heard today, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share our podcast with friends who might also get good value out of this as well. Also to get some absolutely free training on what it takes to have a successful business to fuel your lifestyle, head to www.goteamreal.com to download our free training today. We'll see you next week for the next Sprint to Profit episode. And as always, we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, Head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.